the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is Cover 3 College Football Summer School. We've done our research on the teams, and now we're bringing on the top team experts from the 24-7 Sports Network to help us fill in the blanks. Please follow us on Twitter at Cover3Podcast. That's Cover3Podcast. And leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. All right. Class is in session. Hey guys, welcome back to the Cover 3 podcast, Bud Elliott Summer School Series, and we are pleased to be joined now to talk a little USC, and who do we go to for that? Well, uscfootball.com's own Ryan Abraham. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bud, for having me on. Summer School, I love it. Good uh, to learn about everything that's going on around college football. Yeah, I just like, well, you know what? Uh, everybody's taking a whole bunch of leave, and uh, I don't want to do two months of live shows solo. I don't think Fornelli does either, <laughs> with Dan Cannell doing all the all the draft stuff. Uh, we need to get some content out. This is really fun with all of our experts at 24 seven sports at our disposal. Uh, won't spend a ton of time on last year's team. Pretty much the worst USC team in my lifetime, but by, by all the power ratings, I'm, I'm sure yours as well, unless I missed something like the late eighties or early nineties, maybe there was a worse one back then. Um, but to me, it makes it very difficult to project going forward what you're going to get. Cause I usually try to start with some kind of basis. Like, all right, their power rating was this last year. They lost this. They lost that. They added this, but emotionally last year, I'm not really sure that team was all in it. And so I'm not really sure you're starting with a solid foundation of, uh, of power rating that you can just use and manipulate based on returning, returning production and, and guys lost and, uh, and transfer portal. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, the advanced stats out there and you're looking at the team production. If you're trying to quantify it somehow, it's really difficult because just the team attitude, just having a competent coaching staff in college football is so important. And the upgrade from what Clay Helton was doing to what Lincoln Riley's doing, what we've seen the first, you know, four months or so he's been there, it's just really been night and day. And that's that's hard to kind of wrap your hands around. Like you can say, oh, you added Caleb Williams or you lost Jackson Dart, all that stuff you, know, you can find. That's fine. You can look at the roster, but how much is every single day when you're in a meeting or watching film, how much has all of that improved the process that you're going through? That's hard to kind of get a feel for. And just, we didn't get to watch all the practices like we normally get to, bud. We got to see the spring game on Saturday, but the feeling you got was like, Oh, this, what they're doing is making sense. It seems like the players have bought in there's accountability. Uh, there's effort. There's people are actually going around and doing things with a purpose but that's hard to quantify and say, oh, that's going to make this team so much better. You get the feeling it will, but there's nothing really that you can look down and look on a roster or uh, you know, your star sheet or anything. And stars matter, but you, it's hard to figure that out uh, from what you, you know, you go from like Clay Helton to Lincoln Riley. Uh, absolutely. And and you know, I obviously Clay Helton didn't work out there. Lincoln Riley has been extremely successful so far at Oklahoma, according to basically everybody except for maybe Oklahoma fans. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little salty about, about him trying to 
or deciding to take it to the West Coast. And, and yet, even with Clay Helton there last year, this was still a a decent offense. Like that, the offense didn't fall off the cliff quite like they did defensively. Um, my opening question to you here, it just, and I'll, I'll get to the defense in a minute, Ryan. Caleb Williams, Travis Dye, Austin Jones, Brennan Rice, Mario Williams, Taj Washington, Gary Bryant Jr. That's kind of the skill position crew, right? Like it, it that's, Am I missing anybody? That stacks up pretty nicely. Yeah. Do you mean you still got Terrell Bynum that transferred in from Washington? Kyle Ford caught a 48-yard touchdown pass yesterday. He's a former five-star that you just haven't heard much of. They got they got some talent, and uh, they're not real deep at, at the running back spot. All three guys are transfers. Um, but, you know, you got Oregon's best running back. You got the good guy from Stanford. Darwin Barlow, I thought, has been really impressive so far. And, of course, you know, Caleb Williams is a, a star in the making, and just watching that first drive from the spring game, and it's a spring game, but you know they had six passes, six runs. It was fun to see tackles and guards pulling and running downhill, receivers blocking downfield. It seemed like, again, there was like a purpose to the offense where with Graham Harrell, I mean, it, it was pretty successful that first year and then it sort of dropped off. It was more just run to grass. It was sort of like just simple concepts. There seems a lot more involved, but when you watch, you're like, okay, I kind of see what they're doing. And then you get a guy like Caleb Williams pulling the trigger. He looked like he had spider sense in the pocket when everyone was around him. He could just kind of get away and deliver the ball or take off and run if he wanted to. So I think it's going to be a much, the offense wasn't terrible, but I think it's going to be a much improved offense. Again, just looking at it like, Hey, look at Riley knows what he's doing. You know, he took the team to the playoffs a few times and, you know, put a couple guys into the Heisman trophy, you know, competition, you know, winning a couple and you seem like, okay, I think there's, there's a purpose behind, what he's doing. And then you look at the pieces that they put together. A lot of those guys you mentioned are new, but there's some good guys that were there before too. So, yeah. and their, their offensive line is really experienced. Uh, the guys that are coming back, uh, they'll probably add a portal guy or two, but they get, they get in Bobby Haskins. We didn't get to see the spring, but I think they're going to be okay on the offensive side and potential to be really, really good. Just knowing that Lincoln Riley is the guy that's making the calls. I, Interesting what you went to the offensive line there. So four or five guys back, a very experienced group that if they got some accolades last year. I don't know that they were like when I watched USC, they didn't pop to me as like a unit that was dominating. But when I looked at the end of the year uh, awards, they, they had some guys who got recognized on like first and second team all pack 12. So you know, maybe that, that maybe they're better than I realized they were. Is Haskins, uh, is that lingering effects of the shoulder injury or does he not, uh, is he not enroll till summer? Yeah, no, he was around. It's just we didn't get to see him. He was out like in his jersey, and I think it's still the shoulder thing that's going on. They don't talk a lot about what the injuries are, but he never took like full contact uh, in practice. But yeah, like a guy like Andrew Voorhees was ranked pretty high in the PFF for guards and stuff. Um, you know, Brett Elon's you know three years starting at center, and they bring those guys back, and they really had some. They had different offensive line coaches like every year, bud. And yeah. last year, though, they brought in Clay McGuire, who was actually an air raid guy. The first time they like meshed an air raid system with an air raid offensive line coach, and I thought it actually worked pretty well. They had a lot of problems, like on short yardage situations, third and one, fourth and one, and they fixed a lot of that last year. He's now the offensive line coach at Washington State, so I think he actually came in and did a pretty good job. There's a lot of criticism about the offensive line last year, but that's one of the areas that they actually probably played. Uh, you know, above their weight class. So I think they, they're set up okay if the offensive line can be pretty good. And I think they were pretty good last year. If they're just the same, uh, they're potentially to be better, you know, bringing in Josh Henson from Texas A&M. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I, that, the whole offense can run if the offensive line is, is moving. And they got some athletic guys. 
And you talk to them, they're happy about, hey, we get to pull and run and get out in front of people and and, and block you know corners on the edge and things like that. So they seem like they're fired up for this. And just the, the running plays I saw on Saturday, I was kind of impressed with what they were doing. It's interesting because you know Lincoln Riley is an air raid tree guy, but every air raid guy has their own little you know spin on it, and they, they do run a lot more of those gap schemes with, with with the pullers and whatnot on the offensive side. It, if this team needs to drop like forty a game in Pac-12 play, is it set up to do so? I think so. I mean, I okay. really feel like they're going to have Travis Dye. Uh, he's really happy to be back home in Southern California. Lincoln Riley's typically had thousand yard rushers and most of the seasons he's been there. I think he could be that guy, uh, but the other two are, are capable too. And they bring in uh, Rayleigh Brown, who's a high four star, low five star guy that you know, can do a lot of stuff. He might play a little more slot, uh, but you know, just with Caleb Williams, you know, pulling the trigger, they got a good group of tight ends that are going to get more involved in some different ways. And uh, you know, they're they're going to play a lot of wide receivers. And they're they're you know Mario Williams. He had two touchdown catches on Saturday. I think the connection be, between Caleb Williams. Is going to be strong, but I don't think he's going to be like a Drake London where they just throw it to him every time. I no. think they'll spread around a lot. So a guy like Kyle Williams or Taj Washington, the transfer from Memphis, Gary Bryant Jr. Uh, there's a lot of guys that have potential to you know break out. Your Brendan Rice, I think you know he's a big back. That, I mean a big uh, receiver. I, yeah, I think if you want to put up 40 points a game against most of the Pac-12, I think this is an offense that's capable of doing so uh, right away. And uh, if they can do that. You know, try to keep the defense uh, in some of these games, but putting up 40 points in the Pac 12, I think they would win a lot of games if they're able to do that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And the reason I asked is that defense. I, I'm, I'm very confident Lincoln Riley scoring points. I recognize a lot of the names that got in transfers. Most of these guys are, are pretty proven in what I think would be like lesser offenses than what USC is going to roll out. But the defense last year was uh, sketchy, to, to put it charitably, I, I think, and and they're losing some of their some of their more experienced, uh, better guys. I mean, three of the top five, you know, as far as snap count on the defensive line are gone. Um, you know, Mauriga and Scott are gone at linebacker. Uh, secondary, the top four snap count guys are all gone. Uh, yeah, they're going to need to drop forty, right? Uh, yeah, we'll see. With with okay, uh, so Alec Grinch comes in. Um, They've added some guys from the portal, like a guy like Shane Lee from Alabama, Ramayla Height from Auburn. They've looked really good so far. Uh, Lee was a you know freshman All-American a couple of years ago at Alabama, and they already look like the best players on USC's defense. So that's probably not a good sign hmm. if you're USC okay. that guys aren't like huge contributors at these SEC schools come in and they're like, wow, these guys look amazing. 
Uh, that it means more in the SEC, but those guys really did stand out from watching them. And I think they've been those guys like Shane Lee's for sure has become a leader there. And you know, you talk to Grinch, he admitted like even last year what they did at Oklahoma didn't manage the transfer portal probably as well as they could have, didn't get I kind of get the effort that they needed to, and guys were sort of like thinking more than they should be playing fast. He wants this to be an effort-based defense where you just kind of go on all out all the time. And uh, I think he knows what he has and the pieces that he's put, you know, putting together at USC. There's there's definitely some some talent on this defense, and they gave up. You know, I think they were worse than the Pac-12 in like points per game or something last year. I mean, it was really yeah. bad. They didn't get production out of the linebacker spot. Um, so we'll see. You know, guys like Lee coming in height. I think a, a guy like Corey Foreman, who uh, at the spring game on Saturday, um, Leonard Williams, a former USC defensive lineman. You know, he's an NFL guy. He was watching he didn't know his he didn't know his name he's like i like number zero so a guy like that points out number zero was that's uh cory foreman the former number one player in the country who didn't play a senior year in high school because of 2020 and then really didn't do a whole lot last year they need him to come in and, and come into his own so they get a guy like brandon peely back on the defensive line who's like 350 pounds and and really quick i think they can put it together where they're they're gonna they can be a pretty good defense it's hard to get worse than they were uh last year but I think it, I don't think they're going to be good enough to be able to make, you know, go like 11 and one and make right. a run at the college football and playoff. And I think that's going to probably be the limiting factor, but they should be a good enough defense to get through the PAC 12. You know, there, there'll be some games where I think they give up a bunch, uh, but you will see, I'm, I'm kind of optimistic on the defense, which I know some USC fans aren't, you know, they, they're being be very critical of, of Alex Grinch, but we'll see. I, I You watch them out there and like, okay, it seems like they're, they know what they're doing. And uh, they'll probably add a few pieces still in the uh, in the transfer portal in the coming weeks. But I'll be curious to see what they do. I, that'll definitely be to me the the factor you got to watch for is what could limit this USC ceiling. For sure, it, it's, it sounds like they're relatively happy where they are at linebacker. You just mentioned Foreman and obviously Peely and those dudes. The D line has some pieces. The the secondary, I guess, is the maybe the biggest question there. Yeah, they pretty much five starters are gone from last year. Yeah. Uh, they get Max. They love Max Williams, so he's got a couple knee surgeries. A local kid out of Sarah High School, kind of undersized, but just goes out there and balls. He was a dog in camps, man. Like he, he just a you high effort him, right? kid. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> he was one of those guys that you, a lot of the time you don't recruit. Like, oh, he's not big enough, but he really wanted to come to USC, and they're glad they did. You would see him all last year doing rehab. He was one of the more active players. He wasn't even participating, so he'll probably end up being like the starting. Nickel, but they bring in a couple corners. Uh, Makai Blackman, um, Latrell um, from uh, Oklahoma. He's oh, McCutcheon actually, from Oklahoma. McCutcheon, yeah. Uh, he's going to move to safety. Uh, he actually got a personal foul, like targeting penalty in the spring game. They kicked him out of the game, but it was just funny. <laughs> you were like, what? It wasn't even targeting. They just That's a Pac-12 ref kind of thing going on. Uh, Caleb Bullock actually had a, an interception in the spring game off of Caleb Williams, but they called it back because of a defensive holding call. But he's been a, a star in the making. Anyone you talk to, He's probably going to be a big contributor. So it's probably going to be but a younger uh, secondary. You know, bringing in the transfers certainly helps. Um, and they just got a, a, a transfer from uh, Ohio State. I'm blanking on his name. Bryson, uh, I can't remember, but uh, Ohio, one of Ohio State's safeties from last year. Oh, I know uh, you're talking about. Okay. Ross, I think, yeah, but I don't know. Just happened yesterday or, or on uh, Sunday. But uh, so they, they might add another piece or two in the in the secondary, but it'll be younger. But I like a lot of the talent they have out there and getting a guy like Max Williams, who's a you know, high effort guy with Grinch wants effort. And he's one of those kind of dudes that could, could play a big role this year. No doubt about it. Uh, so transfer portal, you said they may add one more in the DB room, probably one more 
on the offensive line. Anywhere else you think that they'll go they'll go transfer portal heavy? I think they could um at this point get another, you know, like a linebacker, a defensive tackle. They you might add a, a an offensive tackle and a, maybe an, an interior offensive lineman uh as well. So it depends on, you know, those are harder to get. The bigger bodies, you know, those goes it's like real estate kind of goes fast as soon as they sure. hit the portal, like boom. Someone yep. uh snatches them up. Um, and I think you know that he Lincoln Riley talks about playing eight to ten wide receivers. They only have 10 wide receivers uh on the roster right now, scholarship wide receivers. So they could add another spot there, even though they've added some uh already. But the, the interesting thing is just you've added all these players. And we've seen like Utah last year have a great season. They added a bunch of transfers, but they were sort of, it took a while to gel. I'm curious to see this team because it's not like everyone, it's new for everybody. They're all starting at ground zero because it's a whole new coaching staff outside of Dante Williams. So it's sort of like everybody's first day in school. It's not like a bunch of established people that knew what was going on and you're adding people, you're, you're making an entirely new culture. And it seems to be working so far, but you know, adding that many guys, they've added 13, but in the you know, the, I guess a 14th uh, this week, and then Lincoln Riley talked about adding like 10 more. That's a whole bunch of new players. Wow, that are not just coming from high school; they're coming from other programs. So that that's a lot. So we'll see how that all kind of works together because chemistry, obviously, you know, is an important factor too. For sure, and, and I think the important thing when evaluating a team is if if the team is counting on all these transfers to work out, it's going to be a bad season, right? If they're counting on if they're playing kind of the numbers game, right? Okay, we. we we're bringing in 17 transfers. We really need about nine of these guys to be hits. That can, that's doable, right? It's kind of the same thing with, with recruiting. You know, like like if you're counting on every single kid in your recruiting class to be a hit, that's probably not that realistic. So, um, I'm, true. I'm really excited to watch USC this year. I'm going to be focusing on the coverage at USC football and, of course, listening to the Peristyle podcast with Ryan Abraham. Ryan, really appreciate you joining us here on Cover 3 Summer School. Thanks for having me on, but I look forward to uh, more of these. I, I love, I love spring. I love like learning about other programs and uh, it's great. So these are, these are cool. You get the in-depth stuff. Uh, you utilize the 24 seven sports network. Cause there's a lot of experts around all the different schools. Absolutely. Take care, buddy. Thanks. All right. That's the bell cover three college football summer school is over for today, but don't worry. We'll be back soon with even more episodes, filling you in on the top teams in college football. Please give us those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on YouTube and on Twitter at Cover3Podcast. And we'll see you all soon. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount+. Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.